Welcome to My Bible Study, a verse-by-verse devotional study through the Bible with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. In this unique series, Pastor Bob takes you through the Bible just a few verses at a time. No preaching, just a simple Bible reading with examples and explanations of the meaning behind the scriptures. My Bible study will take you from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the book of Revelation. Now, here is Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to My Bible Study. Glory to God. We're so glad you're here today. Oh man, it's been a great ride so far. This is my Bible study where we are walking verse by verse through the Bible. Amen. We've all we are today starting off in Genesis chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, go grab them and, and open up to Genesis chapter 12. We'll be looking at God's call is costly. The Lord said to Abram in Genesis chapter 1. Let's let's go ahead Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from their kindred, from your father's house, unto a land I will show you about. Another aspect of God... See, we actually did get into Genesis chapter 1, didn't we? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Another aspect of God's call is his costly. Abraham was called to leave his country, leave his people, and leave his father's household. Abraham probably lived in Ur his entire life up until that time. His friends, his family, his home, his contacts, they were all there. His job was there. Apparently his family was very well, or I would say fairly wealthy. But in order to follow God's call, he needed to leave everything behind him. However, this is not only true of Abraham's call, but it's true for us as well. Jesus said, in Luke 9, 23 through 25, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit his very self? And you see that a lot today. People giving up eternity for temporary worldly goods. If anyone is going to follow Christ, they have to deny themselves and take up the cross of Jesus. When Christ called to the rich man to follow him, he says, sell everything in Matthew 19. Riches would hinder his full devotion to the Lord. Therefore, he needed to let them go. You know, some people say that, you know, this was the guy who's supposed to take Judas's place, but he missed his calling. He said, I can't do that, and turned around and walked away. The cost of God's call includes denying the pleasures of sin and denying our will in order to submit to his will. All these were included in Abraham's call. That does not mean you need to take a vow of poverty to be saved. I'm not saying that. It means you must be willing to give it up, to give up anything that's standing between you and Jesus. It could be your job. I can't go into ministry. I have a family to feed. It could be, if, if you trust God and you serve God faithfully, he'll provide you more resources than you could ever earn at a job outside of God's will. Well, you know, some, some cannot discern and follow God's call because they're not willing to sacrifice. They're not willing to give up their career goals or leave their family, home, or even their country to serve God. 
They're not willing to be uncomfortable. Some simply will not forsake sin. That's probably the biggest issue. And if we're going to follow Christ, we have to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him wherever he leads. Remember the children of Israel, the Hebrews, they came out of Egypt. They had the fiery uh, tower of flames you know, that they followed and the, the, the cloud that they followed during the day and the fiery flames at night. That's how they knew God's present. If it stayed in one spot, they stayed in one spot. If it moved, they moved. We need to be the same way. We need to know God's will, know God's call, and follow it wherever it leads. Right? God called the rich man to let go of his riches. He called the disciples to leave their careers. He called Abraham to leave his land, his home, and his family. What is he calling you to sacrifice in order to fulfill his call? Now, God's call is a call to faith, and a dependence upon him. That's another aspect of Abraham's call. Uh, was it included with faith and dependence on God? God told him to leave everything. He just didn't tell him where to go. Think about that. He just says, go to the land I'll show you of. And he leaves it there. Can you imagine going back and telling family and friends, hey, I'm leaving town. Where are you going? I don't know. <laughs> what would they tell you? You, know, you just say, you know, where are you going to go? I have no clue. I'm just following God. That wouldn't make any sense. People would think you're crazy. They do their best to, to tell you you're not living God's will if you don't know where you're going. You know, This can't be of God. We can assume that's what people thought about Abraham as well. He was leaving for a land that God was going to show him, but he had no idea where it was. Not only was this a life of faith, because Abraham did not initially know the destination, but also because he left much of his resources in Ur. By leaving his people and his father's household, he left his security. The members of a household would, in that day and era, would fight for one another in case raiders came or war started. Also, he left his job, he left his house, he left his culture, he left everything behind. God was calling Abraham to live a life of faith in him, a life dependent only on God. That had to be hard to do. Eventually, after Abraham left his country, God revealed where he was going to go. In Genesis eleven thirty one, and as we get down uh, to verse 5, we're going to go back up and read 11, 31, 32. But basically, he told Abraham you know, to leave, and we see Abraham with Terah and with Lot leave for Canaan. So this is true for us as well. Many times as we follow what God's revealed, only then will he reveal the next step to us. That's the life of faith. God does not reveal the next step until we take the first step. It's like looking up at a flight of stairs, okay? Especially ones, we'll, we'll just imagine one in an office building that go up 10, 12 steps and then it'll turn right or left and you got that little landing and you know there's another... 10, 12 steps after you make the turn to go up again. You know the kind I'm talking about? If someone says, hey, there's something for you upstairs, and you stand at the bottom and looking up, you see nothing but stairs. You don't know what it is. You don't know if you need to climb 50 flights of stairs or if what you're looking for is on that first landing because all you see are the stairs. Your choice. Stay where you're at and get nothing or start climbing. 
What if you're disabled? And it's going to take all your strength just to go up to the first landing. I've been there. I, you know, because of the injury I incurred after some surgeries, stairs were not a very pleasant thing for me, right? But, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay there and miss out, or do you want to go and get whatever it is is there for you? So you take that first step, and then you pull yourself up to the next step. You finally make it to that landing, and it's not there. And you turn, and you look, and there's another flight of stairs in front of you. What are you going to do? You can quit and never, ever receive what was there for you, or keep going and receive what has been put there for you. Our life of faith is like that. It begins at salvation. God calls us to give up our striving for salvation through good works and to trust just solely in Christ Jesus and his finished work. We can still do good works, and we should do good works, but as a result of our salvation, not for our salvation. Also, as Christians, that we, as we follow God's call, the Lord will continually teach us that, about our insufficiency and his sufficiency. Praise God. Essentially, he teaches us how to depend on him and to live a life of faith through him. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 18, he, picked, he literally picked up a child. In verses 1 through 4, he literally picked up a child, meaning a small child, like an infant. Right? And said, unless you become like this child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. He who becomes like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Well, Christ taught that his dependence, his faith, or not his, but our dependence and our faith is the door to salvation. And at the same time, it's the pathway to maturity after salvation. The greatest in the kingdom is like a little baby, totally dependent on God. What kind of parent would you be that would go through nine months of pregnancy, give birth, and then tell the baby, great job, you made it, you have life. Now, get out there and earn a living. Huh? Why do people assume God would do the same thing to us when we finally become children of God? We made it to eternal life, praise God. Now, go out and earn a living. You don't know the first step. That's why we have to obey. You know, how do you teach your child? You know, you're, first you're feeding them with a bottle or breastfeeding, and then you give them some, once they're able to grasp things with their hand, you give them a little, you know, soft cracker or something, you know, and start eating on it, right? You're teaching them how to feed themselves. Then you teach them how to walk. You teach them how to, you know, use the bathroom you know, instead of making a mess in their diapers and all that. That's one of the issues with a lot of churches today. They focus on getting people born again, but they're not teaching them anything afterwards. All there is is a bunch of baby Christians running around with messy diapers. And that's why the church stinks. Ah, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. Glory to God. Many times God develops dependence by bringing us into trials that reveal our weaknesses. We start to realize that we're not strong enough or smart enough to defeat this. We don't have the right family background. We don't have the right education. We don't have enough money. And yet, despite all these deficiencies, 
God's grace is actually enough. God called Abraham to live a life of faith, and God calls us to do the same thing. Abraham had to live a life of faith through God. We have to have a life of faith through Jesus. Amen? This, in fact, is one of the reasons why many people do not heed God's call. Rich men, sell all your riches and depend on me alone. That's difficult. Very difficult. God sometimes calls a person to go to seminary or Bible college and leave a good-paying job. He calls another to leave the stability of family or country to go out on the missions field. God will call you to serve in a ministry, often one in which you feel ill-equipped for. God will constantly call you to depend on him and to trust him for everything you need. In these times, he says that it's his grace that is sufficient for you because his power is made perfect in weakness. Amen. 2 Corinthians 12, 6. He is enough. The call of God is a call to faith. He says, I will supply you. I will take care of you. Do you believe it? Don't get me wrong. It's not going to be a life of roses. The devil is going to do everything he can to try and fight the blessing of God on your life. But would you rather have God's blessing and Satan's opposition or Satan's blessing and God's opposition? That's the question. There will be worries. There will be fears. There will be obstacles to to stop you from following God's call. For that reason, many don't fulfill their calling. Israel did not enter the promised land because they feared the giants that lived there. They knew that in their own power, they were not capable of taking the land. They were not willing to put all their faith in God. Therefore, they missed out. Sadly, it's true for most of us today. God's call is a call of faith, a call to do something impossible apart from God's power to build his kingdom and to glorify his name. Amen? When the children of Israel, actually actually the next generation after all those that came out with the exception of Moses, Joshua, and Caleb had died, their children decided, eh, you know, let's go ahead and obey God and his instructions. And when they went into land, they found out that 40 years ago, the inhabitants of the land would have surrendered. Right? They were already filled with fear. God had already prepared their hearts to surrender to the Hebrews. They were waiting for 40 years for those Hebrews to invade the land so they could surrender. Think about that. Also, God's call is a call to separation from the world of sin. Probably part of the reason that Abraham needed to leave his country, his family, his household, was because of temptations associated with them. Ur, though a prosperous city, was full of idolatry. And Abraham's family, as we already said, worshipped idols. We even see when Isaac, Abraham's son, this passes down generation to generation. So listen to me now. Remember in the Bible it says, uh, I will, you know, the curse will come upon the father and, and to the third generation, right? Think about this. Abraham served idols. His father served idols. Abraham served idols. We even see when Isaac, Abraham's son, sent Jacob to find a wife from Abraham's family, Naor, they still worshipped idols. In fact, Rachel, Jacob's wife, brought some idols back to Canaan. 
All right, we'll get over to that in Genesis, Genesis 31. No doubt God called Abraham to leave his family and his country in order to separate him from those temptations and learn a dependence upon God. That's our call as well. If we're going to follow Christ, we have to turn away from sin. We have to turn away from temptations to sin. That 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, Abstain from all appearance of sin or of evil. It can also be translated to flee the earthly lusts and the temptations and idols that we've set up in our own hearts. And following God, Abraham needed to flee all appearance of evil. And that included the, the pervasive sin that his family and his country were following, the worship of idols. Many Christians cannot fully follow Christ because they still want to hold on to sinful relationships in their life. Like the rich man, they want to keep their idols with them as they follow Christ. It doesn't work that way. God won't allow it. We can only have one master, and that's God. Amen. Interestingly, one of the things we know is with Abraham is that he did not fully obey God. Think about it. He did not leave everything behind as God had told him to do. He brought his father, Terah, with him, as well as his nephew, Lot. Again, read that in Genesis eleven thirty one. 31. Terah took Abram his son and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth uh, with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, his daughter-in-law, Sarah, wife of Abram. And together, all together, they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. And Terah lived 205 years and eventually died in Haran. They never moved. They left Ur on their way to Canaan and stopped in Haran and lived there. Abram and Terah initially started outright, but then stopped. Why? Well, many scholars believe they stayed there for, if I remember correctly, about 15 years. Why did they stop, though? Well, we can't be sure, but we do know, what we do know about Haran in that day, it was a major center of worship. It'd be like Rome, Italy, you know, is the center of the Catholic Church. For that area, Haran was a major center of worship for the moon god as Ur was as well. Maybe, maybe, Abraham could not get his father Terah to leave that form of idolatry. So therefore, he stayed himself to take care of his father. We don't know. I know some people who were or are called to ministry, and their excuse for not following God's call is, well, my parents are old, they're not very healthy, and I have to stay here and, and take care of them. I'll, I'll follow God's call after they pass on. Folks, it doesn't work that way. God does not wait. If he has a job that needs to be done and he tells you to go do it, it's a mission for you. And if you do not follow his calling, he'll find somebody else who will. You've heard me tell the story about Evangelism Radio, this radio station that you're listening live to right now. When God said, do this, I didn't know anything about radio. I didn't know how to do it. But we took steps to obey. 
Soon we were rated number one in the world. Praise God. With all of the growth, etc., you know, one day it was just, I was like, wow, this is, God, this blessing is so huge and you're, you're so much responsibility. Why me? Why did you choose me to do this? Now, I laugh when I think about the Lord's response. He, Jesus definitely has a sense of humor. And he can humble you at the same time while making you laugh and while at the same time making you understand his purpose. <laughs> his response to my question, why me? Why did you pick me to do this with all the, you know, the things going on? He told me, he said, you weren't my first choice. You were just the first one to obey. And my reaction was, what? I wasn't your first choice? Yeah, praise God. <laughs> but then I thought about the person. Every now and then, like right now, I'm thinking about the person or people whom God had told to do this work before he asked me or told me to do it. And the blessing they missed out on. Now, not only do we have a highly successful online ministry, which in this day and time we're living in right now is an effective ministry, right? Highly rated, popular radio station, evangelism radio. But now we've also launched a highly successful podcast where I interview other Christian influencers. And recently we launched, faith, launched faithcasters.net, a Christian podcast hosting, marketing, and delivery company that serves Christian podcasters and Christian broadcasters exclusively. The first one in the world. Just like evangelism radio was the first one in the world. Praise God for his blessings. Amen. And they all really should have been given to someone else. But that person or people in front of me that failed to obey God when he called, I obeyed. And we got the blessing. Can I get an amen? And don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Amen. Sometimes we can gain insight from Hebrew names as well. Terah means delay. Well, go figure. Haran means parched or dry. Because Abraham sinned against God by bringing his father, that led to a delay in fulfilling God's call. In bringing Lot, as we'll see later, that led to conflict and eventually separation and almost cost Abraham his life. And we'll study that later. Thank you for joining Pastor Bob as he leads you verse by verse through the Bible in this series called My Bible Study. We pray this study will bring you closer to God and reveal His Word and His will for you through the Scriptures. We would consider it an honor and a blessing if you would support this outreach with your financial offerings. We have partnered with Patreon to offer you unique gifts and benefits for various levels of giving. Please visit our page on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash podcast, all one word. That link again is patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.